Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. We got a lot going on at church and, uh, and a lot going on in people's lives. So uh, would you join me in prayer? Lord God, we come before you to worship you. You in all of your glory, shining in all of your brightness, and you know exactly what's going on. Uh, you know where uh, everybody's at and you know what's happening in there in their hearts, in their minds, the worries that roll through and uh, the hurts of the past. Lord, you know how many people are struggling just with illnesses right now, and, um, but also struggling with sadness. And... Uh, and in the midst of all this stuff, when things look like God, like they're just kind of a mess, you still hear our prayers, every single one of them. And you love us. So we thank you, Lord God, for loving us, even when our lives are really messy. We ask you, Lord God, that for help. Lord, would you please help your people? Please be with the Kimley family as they're mourning Phyllis's passing. Please be with the Sutters as they're mourning the sudden death of Ryan. Lord, draw near to those who are battling cancer. And God, please be with Russ, Mark, Susan, Cassie. Lord, we pray for healing because you know that you, we know that you can do it, but really what we're asking is your will to be done. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you and worship because you are worthy. And we're just blessed to be known by you. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. All right, well, you know, the kids who harassed me about missing one week of uh, lighting the candles aren't here. And so, if you're watching online, you know who you are, okay? I'm lighting the candles. Yeah, you know, I, there are so many things that I forget, forget to do, but as I was told by somebody on the way in today, it is still Christmas. It is still Christmas, and so we are still celebrating. 
We're still celebrating Christmas. I don't know if you're still celebrating Christmas over at your house. We're still celebrating Christmas over at our house. And, and, and a big, huge part of that is celebrating Christ. And as we look at the scriptures, we look at, um, we look at celebrating who Christ is and what he did and what he accomplished in his coming. You know, when, when some people come to your house, um, they don't, you know, exactly accomplish the same thing. Some people come to your house to visit for the holidays and they just kind of accomplish like a mess, you know, like they come and they drop their stuff in the doorway or, in the, you know, you could, you could come to my foyer right now, you could open up the door and see an, an untold amount of shoes right next to the door. You can't get in the door without kicking shoes and, and you know, just kind of like, and there's just going to be mess. Uh, um, we did try, I'm, I've confessed to you before, I am the least Christmassy pastor you will ever meet. Uh, I'm just not that guy. We tried for the first time in my memory getting a Christmas tree early. That, the, the kids were all home for, for Thanksgiving, and so Thanksgiving weekend, we bought a Christmas tree. For some of you, you're like, yeah, that's normal. And for me, that is not normal. I am usually stealing a Christmas tree out of the dumpster or out of the youth room and dragging it home on Christmas Eve. Yes, I have done that. No judgment, please. Just not very Christmassy. But this year, we tried something new. We're like, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to do the whole family experience. We got, I got the saw. We got the whole fam. We had to take multiple vehicles just to get there. You know, Becca brought her dog. It was awesome. We took pictures, cut this beautiful tree down, put it up, put it in the stand. We've been watering it religiously. There is water in the stand. And yet, this weird tree is like dropping, not needles, but like clumps of its branches, like, like this much at a time. I understood, because, you know, from Christmas's past, to expect, you know, some needles to drop because it's a live tree. But no, 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 not needles, like full-on whole branches are just dropping and like littering the floor. And I'm like, this is a mess. And then I step on it. And I'm like, that's a worse mess. And that's the thing is like, like Christmas, Christmas can be pretty messy and it's more than just the wrapping paper and it's more than just the, you know, the pile of shoes and the, you know, and the needles falling off of the tree. There's other messy stuff too. You get into Christmas and, and we're dealing with the mess of, well, you got family coming over, there's gonna, things could, can get messy a little bit because family doesn't always see eye to eye. We've got, we got a bunch of families at Word of Life right now just struggling with, struggling with the mess of relationships and people who are not seeing eye to eye. Do we all get together? Do we not get together? Who's going to give this and who's going to give that? And Families even getting uninvited from family gatherings. And it's a mess, and it's hard. You see, we romanticize Christmas, right? We romanticize Christmas. We make it into like this like cleaned-up Hallmark you know, movie, like, you know, like Nick, Pastor Nick was talking about a few weeks ago. You know, but the truth is, Christmas was a mess. Have your Bibles... Take a look with me at Luke chapter 2, 
because it's still Christmas, and so we are still talking about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name, because it's God's word, not mine. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Okay, so that's the whole, like, they say go up to Bethlehem because everything is you know, kind of leads uphill towards Jerusalem. Bethlehem's just outside of, uh, of Jerusalem. And so even though, you know, Mary and Joseph are living, you know, in the northern part of, uh, of Israel, they are still going up to, to Bethlehem because it's an uphill walk the whole way. It's all uphill. And, uh, and Joseph went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was even conceived in the womb. Here is the reading of God's word. Christmas was a mess for them. It was a mess the first Christmas, and guess what? We shouldn't be any more surprised that Christmas gets a little bit messy, you know, for us too. <coughs> and so what ends up happening is, is you've got, you know, Mary and Joseph and they're traveling and they come down, they go all the way to Bethlehem and, and, and I'm not entirely sure, like, I get it. We're not close with all of our family. I saw a picture of my cousin's baby and it's not a baby anymore, it's a small child and I don't remember my cousin's child's name, I'm confessing, okay? And I haven't seen them 
since I don't remember when? I don't know. And maybe you've got family that you don't remember the last time you saw them either. Well, I don't know the last time that, that Mary and Joseph were, you know, were traveling. I'm assuming Joseph hasn't been down to Bethlehem for a little while because when he makes travel plans to go down to Bethlehem, there's no room. Now, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I get it. Beds get crowded. Beds are crowded at my house. You know, we got multiple beds kind of stuck into places and things like that just to have beds for, for everybody. I'm not entirely sure like how, how tight the space has to be to not find a bed for a pregnant mom. Like, come on, she's pregnant. And I'm not talking like, oh, little baby bump. Oh, that's cute, pregnant. I'm talking like pregnant, pregnant. I took Heidi, I, I didn't ask permission for this. I took Heidi on a, on a on a trip across the country when she was pregnant once, which was one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my entire life. Except for this, even dumber. I thought it would be a great idea for us to camp along the way. I just tried to be a good steward of the very small amount of funds that we had. It was so bad. It was so bad that it really got to the pinnacle of badness when... Camping in uh, Wisconsin Dells in the spring, and me being from Jersey and New York, and we were driving across, and we decided we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna camp in the Dells, you know, and maybe you know go for one of those cool duck boat rides or something like that in the spring. Heidi's pregnant, very pregnant. We're traveling in a small two-seater car, because you know that makes sense. And we're sleeping in a two-person tent that's bright yellow. And then she wakes up to find inches of snow outside the tent. And of course, I don't know if you're aware of this, but pregnant women, they uh, often have to go to the bathroom sometimes in the middle of the night. And you know, it is not a good thing to wake up in the middle of the night to a bunch of snow when you have to go to the bathroom and you're pregnant and you're sleeping on the ground because your husband is a little brain dead. Oh, what a mess. I'm not entirely sure like how rough it has to get, how messy like family relationships have to be for, you know, for them not to have a bed for Mary, but there's no room. There's no room. And so instead of having room at the inn, they are staying in the parking garage of the inn. Yeah, the parking garage, the stable. That's where the, all the animals are being, you know, parked. And, and that's at, at the exact same time that it's time for Jesus to be born. And that's a mess. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, you can hop onto the podcast or onto YouTube or onto the website, and you can check, you know, the sermon from a couple of, couple of nights ago. We talk about how messy that is. And so, you know, the baby, the baby Jesus is, is born, and, in, in, and as the baby Jesus is born, and, and Mary and Joseph are there, and they're wrapping up the, you know, baby Jesus and laying, laying baby Jesus in a, in a feed trough, <coughs> at the exact same time, God sends an announcement. God sends an announcement 
Not, not to the palace, not to the church, not to like, you know, local leaders or anything like that. No civic, you know, no, no civic organizations. They didn't send it to the lions or anything like that and say, hey, could you guys spread the news? No, 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 no. They, God decides to send an angel in the middle of the night to some shepherds outside of town and say, hey, and... And they were just terrified, which makes sense. I mean, you know, you're outside in the, you know, at, at night and everything else, and all of a sudden, like, an angel appears shining not in his own glory. Like, the angel doesn't have any glory of its own. It says that the angel is shining with the glory of the Lord. Now, that's awesome. We're talking about God's glory shining in the middle of the night from this angel, and no kidding, you're going to be afraid. And so the first thing that the angel says is one of those things that angels seem to have to say like every single time, fear not. I wonder if they get bored, you know, like kind of like, ah, oh, scared again. Why do I always scare people when I arrive? But there they are, afraid, shepherds, angel shining, glory of God shining, And I wonder about that because the angel says, fear not. And they're able to remember everything that that angel said. Now, for me, fear has a tendency to like hang on a little bit. Like you get scared. You know, if you get scared and your heart starts thumping, you know, it doesn't like just like, oh, fear not. Yeah, I'm fine now. Fear has a tendency to like have like a residual effect, you know, of like, okay, yeah, I'm not scared anymore. It, I'll, okay. You know, but when an angel of the Lord brings a message from the Lord and says, fear not, that comes with some power to calm fear. And behold, a son is going to be born, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And it gives him explicit directions as to exactly how to find the savior. What is this guy going to look like? The Savior, what's he going to be like? A baby. Oh, so this is like a long-term salvation process. Yeah. Babies don't do a lot of saving, you know. A baby wrapped up in claws, laying in a feed trough. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Jesus, his birth, it's good news for you. It's good news for the shepherds. It's good news for Mary and Joseph, even though maybe it didn't always feel like it. It's good news for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. For you. Savior. Maybe we don't all really realize all the time how much we need saving. But the Savior, Christ the Lord, He's for all the people too, because we all need saving. And then all of a sudden, 
the heavens just open up and there's just like countless, a multitude of angels, of heavenly hosts, just all of a sudden like just appearing in the sky and proclaiming glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. All of God's glory just shining out on the hillsides. Glory to God in the highest. And peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace for you, for all the people. And so the shepherds follow the directions after the angels kind of like go back into heaven. And sure enough, they find baby Jesus exactly the way that the angels announced it. And they find Mary and Joseph, and Mary's just kind of like treasuring all this up. And the shepherds are like, you wouldn't believe what I saw. And, you know, you wouldn't believe what I heard about your kid. And Mary's like, I know. And then they go and they worship. They fall on their knees and they worship. And that's what we do today. We're still worshiping him. We're still, we're still finding him. You see, the shepherds, they heard the announcement. They got explicit directions on to how to find Jesus, the Savior. So I'd be remiss if I didn't do the exact same thing. Now, it would, be a bummer of a, it would be a bummer of a deal if I sent you to Bethlehem to try and find some manger, you know, uh, you know if I sent you to some inn, you know, and, and said, hey, look in the parking garage behind the back, you'll find, no. Because that's not how we find Jesus today. The very same Jesus who was born, the very same baby who was born and wrapped up and laid in that feed trough, is the same Jesus who lived an absolutely perfect life. He's the same Jesus who proclaimed God's message of salvation day in and day out as he walked through the countryside. He is the exact same Jesus who took upon himself all of the sins of humanity and died on a cross, dying a perfect death to pay for the sins of each and every person. That's good news. Good news for all the people. Because Jesus Christ took all their sin, took all of our sin. But he wasn't done. He wasn't done. On the third day, Christ rose again from the dead. Christ rose again from the dead. And he is now seated in heaven. And you say to yourself, how are we going to find him if he's seated in heaven and he's sitting in all of his glory? We find him, find him the exact same way that people have been finding him for generations. We find him through faith. And so if you're believing in Jesus today, if you're believing that Jesus was born, that he lived, that he died a perfect death, that he rose to new life, you found him. And we get to worship him exactly the same as the shepherds worshiping him that day. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is the mindset that God is giving you. As you're believing in Jesus, this is the mindset that he's giving you. Who, though he was in the form of God, 
Jesus is the eternal Son of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or a thing to be like squeezed or held onto, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He was born into an extremely poor family. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Today, as we worship him, that's our Lord Jesus. Humble, eternal, born a baby, died a savior. He is Christ the Lord. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord and God gets all the glory. Let's pray. God, it can be, t- can be tough to have all of the, 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 <coughs> the excitement and the crowd and, the, and, you know, and all the presence and all the, ex- you know, all the, all the everything, that, you know, the adrenaline of Christmas. And then here we are the next day. And, um, and it's a little smaller. So we ask you, Lord God, to give us faith to believe. And we worship you, Lord God, because you did this wonderful thing and you get all of the glory. We worship you in adoration. We adore you, Lord God. And you receive all the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Lord God, for sending your son. Amen.